Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, where we discuss all things related to outdoor and nature photography. In today's episode, Henry and Ryan discuss outdoor and nature photography during winter. They discuss snow flurries and total whiteout conditions, their favorite subjects to shoot during winter, hoarfrost and other icy conditions, camera settings to use, editing photos, gear in general, what they use to protect it, and how to dress in layers properly. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode 25 of the All Outdoors Photography Podcast, and we have a very snowy episode for you today. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So today we are talking about all things winter photography. So snow or frost, uh, protecting your gear, how to dress and layer properly, everything and more. So it should be a nice episode, I think, for the season here. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just going to kind of jump into it right away. Um, and Ryan, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you like about wintertime uh, photography? Um, well, winter's like, I'd say for photography speaking, it's a pretty special season. Um, I mean, there's only four seasons, right? But like winter is kind of different because I feel like I'm, I'm quite a bit of a homebody, honestly, as much as I like to get outdoors uh, with the camera and hike and everything. But like, um, I found years past, I just really was bad about getting out in the cold because I just hate the cold. I'm like a lot of people. I just hate it driving in it, you know, stuff like that. But like the more and more in the you know recent years I've gone out with the camera, like in snowfalls and stuff is like, I just find it to be a really special season. Cause you know, most people think of like outdoors with big flowing waterfalls, fall foliage, flowers. You don't really get much of that during winter. It's like a different, unique time of year, um, that, you know, it's just, you can't find anywhere else really. And so I found like, as long as you bundle up your clothes well enough, you're pretty much warm for like, I've been out all day in 20 degree weather, you know, just with the camera and stuff. And it's, it's actually a lot of fun and you see a lot of different subjects you wouldn't see otherwise. So yeah, that's how I look at yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, if you compare it to summer, like that heat, like the heat of summer oh, can yeah. really get you down and mm -hmm. make you, like you were saying, I find that I, I last much longer outside in winter almost with, as long as, you know you have proper gear and everything right so. right yeah I'm, i actually now that you brought up summer in particular i had a degree it's like at least for me it's like summer is almost worse now i used to be a much more summertime photographer but now i'm like those dog days in the middle of like july it's like forget it you just sweat you know sweat way too much and it's just terrible you have to deal with like sunburns and like oh. ticks and stuff yeah mosquitoes and scary stuff so. those little biting chigger mites oh those dude those are oh, the yeah. worst you go home and it's like up mm. and down my legs are just itching like crazy and yeah you don't really get any of that in winter so it's actually a lot pretty nice if you ask me yeah yeah what about you um i feel like especially if you get like a lot of snow i feel like winter photography is almost like a cheat code for like woodland photography <laughs> um, woodland is something i think a lot of people struggle with and that includes me as well and I feel like a nice blanket of snow can really just turn a kind of boring scene into a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the way that like light hits snow is like really special. Um, it's like has a really like interesting quality to it. Like you can normally be very challenging to shoot like a woodlands on like a sunny day. But like if you get like a sunny day in a woodland with snow, it just like glows and you can really get really nice images. Um, so I, I almost considered it a cheat code for photography. Um, and then I'm, I'm like the same as you. I, I really enjoy the temperature of winter time. Um, especially for like, I really enjoy like bird photography in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really nice just to, it's a heavy lens and 
you know, just a heavy uh, setup in general. And, you know, you can stay out longer. And also birds, there may not be as much birds, but there's less people around to scare the birds. So, right. Yeah. I'd say there's actually a lot of birds. Like um, I know it's past like two months now. It's I've been doing more bird photography than ever, like consistently, because mm-hmm. it's like in the summer or even even like late spring when you get migrant species and stuff. It's like the foliage just gets too full. But like in the winter, it's so yeah, easy sure. to see them in the woodland, you know. And mm-hmm. plus the lakes and bodies of water with ducks and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've been finding I do a lot more wildlife that way. Even like deer, you know, everything's just much more visible because there's no like mm-hmm. leaves or anything in the way. Uh, to get in the yeah, way and that that really lends itself to wildlife photography but um you know one of the challenges in winter if you don't have snow uh, like your general kind of like woodland landscape can be very boring you know it can just if you don't have a lot of like coniferous trees mm-hmm. it can be a pretty flat scene so you definitely have to be more creative kind of do like more macro stuff i guess right yeah. I've noticed that too. It's like I, if I get more than a few weeks in winter, which Ohio's very hit or miss with winter, it can be either very rainy or dry or it could have plentiful snow. But like um, this year there's been quite a bit of snow and I just haven't been able to get out and like line it up with my days off and stuff. But um, I definitely agree with you, Henry. It's like when it's just, there's no snow, everything looks too samey. Um, everything's just kind of blank, kind of brown and dull kind of gray color. <laughs> and it is very hard to, you know, come up with photographs, especially if you're doing, you're shooting wide angle, let's say, of a landscape in a woodland. It's just hard. It's just everything's homogenized and just kind of lame. So it is It is a lot more difficult without snow, I will say. Yeah, for sure. It has positive and negatives, but I think there's a lot of opportunity hidden mm-hmm. in the wintertime. Yeah, definitely. And you, you brought with yeah, carrying around a heavier lens and stuff. Like I've been – it's kind of weird, and uh, we don't have to dive into like gear and camera bags yet, but – uh, do you like find yourself like having a heavier load of gear, like on a bag more in the winter? Cause I find that with me, I usually mm. try to travel light in the summer, but like the warmer times of the year, but like in the winter, I'm like, I like to pack it on almost. It keeps you warm. <laughs> Does it just me? Yeah. I think, I think in the summer I'm kind of more motivated to just kind of enjoy like the hikes and stuff. Um, I guess. And then like in the, in the winter, I'm more like, if I'm going to go out in the cold, you know, it's going to be to do some photography. So right. yeah, I'll definitely try to carry a little bit more gear for that. Yeah. And it's, I think like the nicer temps and like in the warmer parts of the year, it's like, it makes me stay out longer, but that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to get better shots. But like in the winter, it's like, all right, it's cold. I don't really want to be out here. You know, my nose is dripping wet and stuff. And, you know, it's like, I find myself being, um, I guess more mindful of my time, like outdoors, if that makes sense. Like I just like, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a shot more, uh, we'll say proactively, I'm not necessarily forcing it, but I'm just like looking more actively. Cause I'm like, I just don't want to be on the cold for too long. Most mm-hmm. of the time. It's almost like in the summer, um, spring and summer, there's like so many shots. Um, yes. and oh, yeah. you know, you might end up getting disappointed cause you know, you take so many naturally, a lot of them will be kind of fail shots. But in the winter, if you find something, it's probably more likely to be a decent shot because mm-hmm. it, you know, sticks out to you from the, kind of barren scene yeah i think it's just like quality versus quantity because yeah in the spring i'm just like you know that's all hands on deck because there's just so many subjects flowers 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 migrant birds uh (laughs) like ephemeral flowers there's just crazy amount like waterfalls it's like everything is just unloaded on you kind of the the budding photographer Mm -hmm. nature but like yeah in the winter it's like you really have to hunt down a subject and just be i don't know i guess careful about you know staying out too long 
if you do get like, I don't know, frostbite. I've been lucky and haven't yeah. had that problem. But then again, I don't know. We don't get much negative yeah, temps. It's pretty scary sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you go out alone. Like I think, yeah, pretty much both of us do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, what would be like maybe your favorite subjects to shoot? Like, is there anything like particular you're looking for? Like landscapes, wildlife, um, uh, frozen? So I would, I would say, like we mentioned with the wildlife, um, it's definitely a good season for that. Um, maybe not like the most interesting backgrounds, but as long as you like get a good amount of like background blur, you can get some really cool wildlife shots. Um, and then I also like abstract scenes a lot. So not like intentional camera movement. I do some of those too, but like, you know, just smaller scenes that don't require like a lot of like green, I guess, you know, just kind of maybe some, ice or some moss or just you know anything that catches my eye so kind of those two are pretty much the really the only things i do frequently during the winter i mean i'll try to do landscapes but i'm, I'm never really too happy with them so yeah yeah i see what you mean it's it's tough it's a toss-up like i said like this year in particular or this season this year rather um i'm doing a lot more bird photography but like i've been finding like on and off i'll shoot a few landscapes and i'm like not really too enthused by them because like i said earlier it's just like they kind of look the same especially if it's like a boring overcast kind of light day um but it, it really just is a toss-up on what you i guess want to photograph you know and like waterfalls like in spring you know they're probably gonna be a lot more you know water and obviously flowing at least most of them but like in in winter waterfalls are typically frozen up or they just dried up you know just flat out nothing's there um a lot of people like to shoot those frozen waterfalls but like um i don't know it's just not the same for me it's cool, but like I don't know. I haven't really maybe given yeah. the chance to really do it though. So maybe that's why. I will mention like, um, of course, this all gets. I would say quickly like landscapes become my favorite if you get like a nice blanket of snow. Like I said, it's really a cheat code. Mm-hmm. Um, the past two days of recording this, actually, uh, there's been a, like a snowstorm, so I've been out a lot, um, and it's just it's been so nice. Just I feel like I'm like kind of back into landscape photography it's really been a while since i've done like a dedicated landscape like session and it was just re- really good um and the snow just kind of like reinvigorated my inspiration so that's awesome yeah I, a fresh snowfall definitely helps i think you know because it does get kind of lame with when there's just no snow at all even or it doesn't stick to the ground enough when mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah, do you ever shoot like any macro? Like you said, you don't do much abstracts, but do you ever do like um, like macro abstracts? If that makes sense. I've been doing a lot of like ice shots this year. Yes, yeah. I, I guess you could call that macro. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, I mean, just kind of trying to find like in like maybe like a leaf frozen under the ice or some grasses under the ice, just mm-hmm. anything interesting like that. Yeah, I've been doing a good amount of that. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've taken some in previous years. Um, what I do is like. My typical setup, like I discussed in our macro episode, I have the extension tube mounted probably on like a telephoto zoom lens. And um, my typical style with those, um, I'll be at like the edge of a body of water where like the ice, I guess everything freezes on the edge of the body of water and it creates that kind of cracked, it's like glass almost look. And I'll just have it mounted on a tripod, uh, pointed straight down. And it, it creates a cool effect, especially if you get the light shining out just right because then it gets that iridescent glow to it, um, which is really cool. So... I just saw some yesterday. I didn't get it to it. Like I saw it and literally the sun just came out full force. And so I had like no real good light, I guess, to make that shot happen. So I just kind of like abandoned it before it even started. But I mean, they're cool though. They're they're definitely something more creative, I think, um, about winter 
um, that you can't get anywhere else or any other time of year. Yeah. So would you say uh, those like at macros are like the favorite for you or? Oh, uh, good question. Um, uh, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not sure my favorite though. It's, it's like I said, it's a, it's a toss up every season um, of every year. It's like, I kind of find myself doing more of one style or genre um, than the other. Um, so, it, or it just depends on the day to day basis. Like I said, cause it's like, I don't get many chances where it's like I'm out and ready in like a complete whiteout. Um, so I just have to make do with what I have. So, but I will say it's like, it's easier to find like those frozen parts of water. Like you don't need snow necessarily. You just need frigid temperatures to make those kind of shots happen. Snow is much more timely if you ask me, cause it can melt and then kind of reapply itself with a new precipitation and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how the weather goes. You know, that's, I think it's the big thing about this season is just like, Closely pay attention to the weather, you know, dressing and preparing appropriately and getting out when you can, when the like, yep. yeah, the season every, looks right. Every day is different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Ohio. Some days you could get like freezing rain or full on snow, just mm-hmm. very different conditions. Yeah. And just, yeah, pay attention to all the weather. So I feel like that's really important for this uh, season or all seasons, mm-hmm. of course. Definitely. But yeah. Winter. If you want to get the best shots, winter. <laughs> I don't know if you've found this about winter, but I feel like um, even if there's not really like clouds, um, the sun is like a lot more less harsh. Um, Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's just really nice. Just kind of provides, it's easier to get kind of that like blue sky shot that can be really hard in the summer. Right. Um, Right. It's one of my, one of my favorite things about winter. It's just kind of a, makes it easier to get like a even exposure on whatever you're trying to shoot. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought that up because um, I really didn't consider that because it's like, um, at least where I'm at, it's like those, those very blue sky, like sunny days are really hard to come by in winter. And um, like you just said, it's like the sun, um, I believe it's, I could be completely wrong about astronomy and stuff, but I believe the sun is closer to us, the earth, like in the summertime. And that's why it's much more harsher light, even, you know, in the early morning, if it's sunny out. Um, but yeah, in the winter, yeah. it's like, there's that haze almost. And um, I saw that today, actually, in particular, where it was like it was cloudy, but the sun was definitely poking through just enough to kind of lighten up the entire sky or whatever. Um, but, you know, more often than not, it's usually just really cloudy, kind of blank gray sky days. You know, that's just most of what's out here. And even with a blue sky day, like um, a couple days ago, I was getting like a landscape of a creek and I was amazed by like how little dynamic range there was. It was mm-hmm. like really nice. Like it was a bright blue sky, but it was soft enough that I could get an even exposure in one shot. Um, I loved how it turned out. It's um, like even those bright skies, they're still kind of diffused a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting though. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause I never really like consider that the, the not so much quality, but like the intensity of the light. Yeah. Cause even, yeah, on the sunny days in winter, it's just, it's, it's powerful, but not as much. And it's like, I've taken a lot of landscape shots in the middle of winter, sunny day. And it's like, it, it kind of works better. You don't really seem, at least I don't think to overexpose the shot as much, at least likelihood of it happening. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer yeah. like snow flurries or a total whiteout when it comes to like snow and the landscape itself? Uh, I don't really think snow flurries are really that helpful for, do- for like my photography. I feel like they just kind of, worry me a little bit with like my lenses all right <laughs> just afraid they're gonna like get inside one or something but um i really like total whiteouts i just think they provide a nice look to everything mm-hmm. 
Um, it is nice sometimes though, where you get kind of some selective snow, maybe some snow just sticks around on like a uh, tree branches and then, you know, kind of melts on the ground. Right. I do like those occasionally, but, um, I really have a s- soft spot for like total whiteout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly the same way. I think the one, um, rebuttal I'll give for like just snow flurries is that it looks really cool when you slow down your shutter. Depends on what you're photographing, of course, mm-hmm. but like. I can think of a couple bird shots uh, where they're like, they might be like on a tree branch and you get those little like streaks and you may consider that like a mistake or something distracting, but I feel like it adds to it. Even if you don't see anything that really like overtly implies like snow is there, you know what I mean? Like, but it still has that kind of wintry feel to the photograph. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more so the same with you. It's just like, if it's a nice clean, like no uh, footprints or any tracks, just nice clean white out. You're like the first out to like the local trail. Um, especially if it's after it snows, because it's just like so peaceful. If you've ever been out like right after it snows heavily, it's like, so I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but it's like so quiet and peaceful. Like most yeah, places. For sure. Yeah. And, and definitely that mood, I feel like carries over in the pictures you take. Um, it'd be a landscape or I don't know, a bird shot or something similar, but yeah, it, it's just cool. But like I said, it's hard to get those shots. At least for me, it's like, it's hard to make that you really have to plan ahead or just be ready at any moment's notice any day. Cause it could just happen overnight you know you get six to eight yep. inches of snow and it could be in beautiful conditions of photographing yeah i mean we got like i think three inches the past um few days so it's been great it's it's, awesome i don't think my town has had a snow like this for two years <laughs> uh, we didn't really get anything last year so it's definitely a nice change right yeah oh i remember last yeah last winter for um at least in ohio here it's like it was the rainiest winter I've ever seen. I think it snowed like, not kidding, like three times in like those like three or four months of the year. And it was just all like pouring rain days. It was just like, it was, it was, it was good for what it was. But like the same time, I'm like, really? Like, can we have some snow? Like <laughs> it, it was getting kind of annoying. Cause I would, I would literally was wearing my rain jacket. Like every time I went out for like a few months, it was just like rain after oh. rain and it was weird. So it's hard to predict it sometimes. Yeah, you don't want slush photography. <laughs> hey, it could be cool. I don't know. Maybe abstracty. It depends. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really recall, you know. I guess I'll have to go to a busy mm-hmm. road some someday and try that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever like photograph any like horror frost or any like icy conditions at all? Uh it's been a while since I've done like anything with frost. Um, mostly because that lingers in the morning and I'm not good about getting up early. I always <laughs> yeah. usually not like if I go out to shoot, it's usually not till like 10 a.m. at the earliest, probably. Oh, wow. I, I, I should get better, but, you know, I, I get tired. So, I, uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, in the summer that improves, but in the winter, I just can't really drag myself out of bed <laughs> with the cold weather. Um, yeah, uh, but ice, definitely. I've been doing a lot of ice stuff. Um you know, it's really, uh, you can really look for nice shapes, nice textures, nice lines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of the coolest things to photograph, I think. Um, especially if you like zoom way in and go down to like the tiny cracks, maybe like on a telephoto lens or something, mm-hmm. really get some cool shots. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like when you don't have, it's like the, uh, the inverse, the opposite of when you don't have any snow, but like if you get up early enough in the morning on a winter day, it's like, and there's that nice frost, it creates that nice clean, like white layer on everything. Like you get leaves, there's crisp edges on it. And it's like, that's like a macro haven for me. 
or just landscapes in general. And I just, I find those conditions to be equally as cool as just a blanket of snow. Like it's like such a unique time. And like a lot of mornings though, it's like, if the sun's out, like, and it's bright enough and sunny enough, it'll like melt away pretty quickly a lot of times, you know? And that, those conditions mm-hmm. don't even apply to just winter. Like I see a lot in fall and spring, you know, it's kind of those cool crisp mornings and then it warms up just enough. Um, but in winter you get a lot more time, I think like all morning or even all day with that hoarfrost frost or what have you. Yeah. I, that's a really good point. Um, you just gotta stick around, I guess, and just wait, see what the weather brings. Mm-hmm. That's, you want to track down the frost track down the frost yeah i'm telling you man you got to get up early though it it, it it sucks but like it's just a part of the the name of the game i guess yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i definitely do it in the summer a lot for sunrises it just yeah. i don't know it's you know you've been I, there it's oh no yeah challenging. Mm. <laughs> literally every time i try to get up early it's like i will fight myself until i just go fine i'm usually like late to the location or something like that but I'm like, I'm still glad I get out. Like, it's not like a mission failed, but like, yeah, it's, it's a little inner battle I have. I mean, I bet most can relate, you know, it's like, I'd rather just sleep in or something, you know, uh, it's a struggle though, for real. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, what, what camera settings do you typically use Henry for like winter photography in general? Um, so this is the thing that everybody says, um, but I would <laughs> agree with it. Um, if there's a lot of snow overexposed by one or two stops of light, um, it is, it's really essential cause you really don't want to get gray snow. Um, mm-hmm. looking at mine, actually, I'm looking at my calendar on my wall right now. Um, and one of my first images, my first image for January, as much as I love it, um, it is like a gray kind of snow. It's a really interesting like tree in the forest, but it is gray snow. And that's because, you know, I followed the meter. I was looking at the meter and not actually thinking about like how the exposure would turn out. So your camera, um, I'm going to get a little technical here, but your camera is designed to get like a kind of neutral image and try to get like the best of the highlights and shadows. Um, but that just doesn't work for snow. So it'll naturally mm-hmm. underexpose snow. So you have to remember, especially if you're on a DSLR and you've got like a viewfinder where you can't see your exposure, um, you need to overexpose a little bit. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, to add on to what you're, you just started describing, it's like the the exposure meter, and this is mainly for like beginners that may be shooting in automatic mode. I mean, I can't remember the last time I really did shoot in auto, full auto at least. And so the, the exposure meter on like a typical DSLR, it, it reads that scene in front of you. Um, like Henry said, it's like, it kind of tries to get all the shadow and light detail, the highlights, everything in proper exposure for what the camera thinks. But like to do that, if it's like a bright sunny day, or even if it's cloudy day sometimes, but there's plentiful snow in front of you and you're taking a reader, a meter reading onto that scene in front of you on the snow, it's going to automatically assume, Oh, to get everything in exposed, you know, exposed well, you're going to want to make that it's basically the results going to be that the snow is going to be gray. Um, once again, like you said, Henry, but it's, it's, it's a weird trick that like the camera thinks it's doing its job. Right. And technically it is, but like to reality, we don't really, it's not gray snow necessarily. And it's going to look really mm-hmm. weird if you print it out or um, just edit it later on. And you're like, why does it look so underexposed? And you're, you you can not really bring out that white, the highlight detail in that snow again, in most cases. I think a lot of people in those cases are afraid to uh, 
clip the highlights. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say even mm-hmm. if you clip the highlights, you can still have a great image. Um, Depends. Like for, yeah, like uh, a couple days ago when I was doing the snow photography, there was like a tree I was shooting with like a blue sky above. And I brought up the exposure to where the sky became white. And I actually loved how the image looked. It kind of mm-hmm. created like a winter vibe with the all white sky. Um, yeah, like a high key. Um, and I think snow is really suited to that. And not all scenarios, but some scenarios. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be too afraid to clip those. Um, just make sure like your main subject isn't clipping, of course. Right. Um, if you want to do like a special effect with it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely, if creatively speaking, you can edit your photo. Um, some argue may, some may argue that it's like you may be overcooking it. If you ever heard that term, where you cook the skies too much and it does look overexposed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like creatively speaking, the photo is yours, of course, and you can do whatever the heck you want with it. Um, it's not going to be really like a true exposure or what you've seen that day. But like you know, at the same time, it's like almost like who cares? You know, if you want, like you just said, Henry, it's mm-hmm. like if you want that sky to be pure white, you know, as can be. It's like, have at it, you know, and it may look overexposed in like a technical sense, like the histogram and everything, but like, it may look cool too. So nobody's keeping track. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No one's going to ask for, unless you're like entering a contest, no one's going to ask for your EXIF data. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no one cares. I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, contests are a different story. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just a really cool look. Um, that you can do with that. And, you know, I think underexposing snow could, you know, you could also get something out of that, you know, do that if you think it's the creative choice. But honestly, it really doesn't look good. It's just kind of a gray, underwhelming thing that is not, like, I feel like overexposing is more similar to what your eye actually sees than underexposing in most cases when it comes to snow. Right, yeah. Um, I will say it's like that overexposing is... Um, because it's obviously when it's more sunny out, it could be overexposed more likely, but like it just depends on the lighting conditions and what your, how much snow, I guess, is in your frame, how much white, you know, is in the frame. But like it just depends on really what you want to go after. But, you know, a general rule of thumb is I think what we're both saying is that like you want to ex- overexpose by one or two stops of light. Um, it's a good rule of thumb for just general um, winter photography in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of a, Another note, when you're kind of, say there's no snow, and it's just kind of the standard kind of uh, leaveless forest, uh, you'll find, say you're boosting the saturation in the post, uh, at least I've noticed this, I don't know about you, Ryan, there's kind of a lot of undesirable orange um, that can show up. Have you seen that at all? Like, um, What do you mean by orange? Do you mean like the, like the tones of it? Like the color? Yeah, like the color um, when you're kind of doing like a non-snow shot during winter. Oh, um, yes. At least I find that with when you boost the saturation, you can get some really like it's, unpleasing orange colors. Um, that's really – it's not like fall-like. It's more just – I don't know. I feel like it's like your photo editor or even like your camera. I feel like it's trying to comp- – once again, it's trying to compensate because it thinks it's doing it right. It's trying to like make up for that coldness that's like the scene and what's uh, reading by the meter. And it's trying to like warm it up, I think. Is that what, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, but like almost even if you're not like doing an automatic white balance, I feel like you have to be subtle on the like processing because you can get really some undesirable colors, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, yeah, I, it does make sense. At least I think. Um, yeah, it's like it's. 
I find that, yeah, I mean, now that you think about it, now that I think about it, you're right. I mean, it's like with the photo, I'm trying to think of some like woodland shots I've taken um, that were like, just like you said, like leafless trees and stuff. And the bark does seem to like lend itself to um, that kind of orangish look to it, even when it's more like a brown color in reality. Um, and that could even be with, I find it a lot with like HDR. Um, I don't bracket like every landscape I take, but like, I feel like the couple I've done in wintertime, excuse me, is that they, they kind of get that look to it where it's definitely a much like a warmer, I guess, colored tone to it. And yeah, you're right. You don't, you have to be really careful and mindful about how you edit and process your photos. If you do want them to look realistic to what you saw, you know, that particular day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, just be really careful on the saturation. I feel like, like in summer and spring, you can push it further, but in winter you have to be really careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That leads me to my next question is um, like, what's, what would be like your post-processing techniques and workflow for winter shots? Do you, um, if you want to build off of what we're just saying, do you like lean towards like the cooler colors to show that kind of colder feel in like any kind of winter shot? Or do you like to warm them up a bit? Uh, What's kind of like your style with that? Um, I'd say it really depends. So like there will be sometimes, um, I know for like a lot of my ice shots, I'll deliberately like take the blue slider or the tent slider, um, like all the way to temperature, sorry, um, like all the way to blue. Um, the viewers can recognize that is a blue image um, just to kind of convey that mood of kind of uh, coldness, I guess. Um, but there's also sometimes like um, with like snow photography, I like to do split toning. Mm. Do you know what that is? Um, yeah, I've messed around with that a little bit. Not too much, though. Mm. I like to, uh, like the highlights on the snow, I like to make that kind of a warmer color and then leave maybe the shadows a little bit blue. Uh, I just find that creates like a nice glow to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it just really depends for me. I, I think I use pretty much all of those. Um, I'd say for like wildlife, I try to get kind of like a neutral tone. Just to kind of represent the bird in its most natural standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like with, I feel like in general, not even just winter, but like um, with bird photography, I really like to make it just as natural looking as possible. You know, not pumping out mm-hmm. the saturation and the temperature and the the hue and tint, all that stuff. Um, but like landscapes, I feel like I can kind of just play around with it more like an artist, if you will. Like um, I will warm them up quite a bit, not too much where it's like overwhelmingly like there's snow, but it looks like it's like middle of summer if that makes sense you know and like <laughs> but i mean like i do like to kind of um skirt that fine line between like cool colors too like a fine balance of two the two at least unless if it's like a really like shot where i'm like i need to make this look cold and isolated and very you know kind of i don't know what you call it just cold you know in general like a cold feeling yeah. i guess yeah um but it really just depends though, overall i guess on the shot i would take do you ever play around with the uh like the pink and uh, green sliders at all? Tents? Um, probably a little bit. Um, I can't really recall a time. It's not really in my workflow. I mean, like, but I do, I do mess around with those kind of like temperature sliders a little bit, saturation. Um, but like I said, it's usually just micro adjustments and stuff that's very, very slight. Um, where I'm just, I'm working from the raw file, of course, but like, I just want to bring out the color a little bit more because, of course, the raw file is really flat on its own. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like that, that pink and green slider can be very dangerous. I, <laughs> I usually just try to leave it on what it comes out in the camera with. Yeah. And plus, you know, if you adjust your white balance after you bring in that raw file into the editor, it's going to be like, 
you know, it's going to choose something, but it's like, it's not necessarily like what you're going to do, you know, or what the final image will look like. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of with, uh, winter photography, there's kind of an extra layer of precaution that you need to take. Um, so what precautions do you take when you go out in the field with your camera? Um, I fortunately haven't been out in much like heavy snowfall. Um, but I will, if it ever did happen, I would bring like a nice cleaning cloth or something small, like a, uh, like a microfiber towel. Cause it, those, those snowdrops and snow flurries get very, very wet. Of course, when they, you know, make contact and stick with something. So if it's around the front of your lens element or your filter or any of that stuff, it's going to make that wet splotches all over. Um, so it, it is really imperative to clean it off immediately because that's going to show up in your image or whatever. Um, and it, it can be a little more of a hassle, I think, but it's not quite as bad as being out in the rain, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, it obviously depends on the snow. You know, you can get really different types, um, but I think that clean cloth is definitely smart. Um, I would say as well, this is what I try to do. If you're carrying your camera like with you, like, and you don't have it in your bag and it's like snowing, I would suggest pointing the camera down. So like mm -hmm. the lens down towards like the floor. Definitely. Um, Cause really the front of the lens is as long as you have like a weather sealed back, the front of the lens is like the most sensitive area. Like if you get some like smeared snow on the front of your lens, it can really like permanently mess it up. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to have it facing down. Um, and then, I have like a flip around screen, so I'll Me like too. flip my screen in. Yeah, and I, I like the. I find that like the hard back captures most of the snow um, when I'm holding it like that. Uh, and then some snow gets in the viewfinder when you do that, but um, you know, as long as you have a good viewfinder, I don't really find that it's much of a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same here. It's 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 just making sure being diligent about it. Uh, if stuff does get in the way, of course, and to just wipe it off when it does happen. Um, and you should be okay. Like I said, it's not, I'm not downplaying the effects that I can have on the gear, but like, you know, rainfall, I feel like is much, much worse. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I would say is if you have an external zoom lens, be very careful. Um, cause you wouldn't want a snowflake like landing on that inside barrel and then you zoom back in and then it like gets stuck in there. Um, I killed a lens doing that once, uh, I had to get it repaired. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm very scared about that still um it's just something i try to be careful of so try to take special consideration towards that area um and also i'd say uh like for me i invest in like a what was it called like a lens coat for my wildlife lens mm -hmm. um because i have like a it's not a zoom but like i have this travel mode like it compacts down so there's like an exposed part um so i i really that lens coat was really essential um, getting out in the snow um, to like keep it out of the lens. So if you're really serious about it, I would suggest getting a lens coat for maybe all your lenses. I know they even make them for smaller lenses. I don't think I do enough snow photography to do that, but that could help. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I feel like that neoprene, as long as it doesn't get too like wet on the, the lens cover, it will help out with the snow. It, it will kind of mm, just melt definitely. into it, but it won't be enough to like dampen the actual like metal or whatever. You do need to check underneath those frequently though. Um, cause they're not like tight enough to keep moisture out sometimes. Um, you can get like snowflakes like lodged under it. Uh, that's happened to me before. So 
be cognizant of that. Right. I would even consider like a lens hood maybe. Um, cause I would at least get it. Um, like as long as it's pointed down, like you said, Henry, it'll like help out with any kind of, Oh yeah, you know, for sure. Of the elements getting onto the, you know, the glass or whatever. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Lens hoods are pretty much almost essential if there's snowfall coming down, especially if you want to get like decent shots, like, your lens could still be okay, but then you could have like a hazy image from all the snow that covers the front element. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, what would you do about like condensation? Like when you come in to the house, you know, it's really, you go from like single digit temps to like a normal 70 degree house. I don't know. Like, what would you do in that case? Um, I find that if you're driving home from your location, um, maybe not, still using maybe some heat in your car, but not bringing it all the way up um, to help kind of acclimate it, transition between the location in your car and then to your house. Um, that definitely helps. Um, and keeping in your camera bag for a bit, I find helps as well. Uh, just kind of acclimates it a bit more. Um, and besides that, I would just say wipe off your lens as soon as you take it out of your bag. Uh, just get that condensation off and keep wiping until it disappears. Uh, that's what I do. So. Do you ever what about you? Uh, do you ever do like uh, like a Ziploc plastic bag and put it in that before you come into the house? You ever do that? Uh, I've seen people do it, but I've I've not done it. No. Okay. Yeah, that's only if it's like under extreme conditions, like uh, the middle of summer. It's moisture and muggy, but like in the winter, especially when it gets cold enough, and you do reintroduce the camera and the lens element into like a normal conditioned house, it's like it, it can produce obviously that condensation and moisture um, as well. So if you keep it inside a nice bag, it seals it, but you have to like put it into that bag before you come into the house. Um, that way it kind of stays in there and it releases the, you know, the air and condensation. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah. I forgot about summer though. Um, the summer humidity, man, that, yeah. <laughs> that is rough. I mean, your lens can be like almost <laughs> dripping wet from that. <laughs> Humidity. Yeah, even if you go out for like a minute or two outside, and even in like the middle of the night when it's just too humid, it's like, and you bring that back in, it'll just, it'll wreck it. Like you really have to wipe off everything. It's terrible. <laughs> yep. I remember this summer I, uh, I went out to a location and for some reason I didn't bring a lens cloth. I have no idea why I didn't do this, but I literally really couldn't take shots because I didn't have enough time to like wipe before my lens would frost back over from the humidity or not frost but you know like get glazed by the humidity so. <laughs> humidity glaze yeah no uh -huh. I, I know what you meant yeah yeah same same here it's 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 tricky though the, the elements i mean that's it's part of what we do but it's it can be very tricky mm -hmm. and i think that really applies to all photography i bet even like portrait photographers struggle with this um if they're doing outdoor photography um, so you just have to be careful mm -hmm. um, in all the situations yeah, pretty much anywhere outdoors at least, yeah. Is there any like specialized um, gear that you would use? Like do you use filters and stuff for winter? Um, I know my wildlife lens, I have a uh, UV filter, so it doesn't really add an effect, but it just keeps it protected. Um, I should probably get one for my main lens, like my 24 to 240, uh, but I don't have one. Because <laughs> uh, I, I did do some research and I found that the front element is like coated. Uh, so it's, you know, fairly protective. Uh, if like there's a little bit of water on the front. Um, 
like I said, I use the lens coat for my wildlife lens um, that doubles as camouflage um, and some protection. Uh, that I know that saved me uh, a couple weeks ago. I was uh, hiking and I dropped or I fell and I dropped the lens and it got covered in mud, but the lens coat took all the mud. <laughs> Excuse me. The lens coat took all the mud uh, and, hmm. you know, kept it off of the lens, which was good. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I'll try to keep it in my camera bag as my camera, my camera bag as much as possible just to keep as much moisture or snow off of it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I do. Mm -hmm. What about you? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mess around too much with UV filters. Um, on the brightest of like bright days where the snow and the sunlight just like it all kind of hits just right and it makes it too bright, you know, like I, I don't know what I'm saying, but it's like it's overexposed basically. Um, I'll bring out, I'll even bring out like a neutral density filter and just to darken it a little bit more. Um, but that's a very rare occasion, but like I pretty much always carry all my set of filters with me. So just in case, you know pretty much all times a year I do that. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't mess around too much with UV filters. Um, and I pretty much overall, I pretty much just bring up the same amount of kit that I normally would any other time of year, just so that way I'm ready for whatever, you know, conditions or subjects are performing. Yeah. Do you ever find a polarizer useful in winter? I've never tried one like on snow. Have you? A polarizer? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I do actually. Um, yesterday I was, I, I took the shot of like, um, is a wide angle shot. It was like an S curve of like snow lining a frozen waterway, like a little Creek. And it was like moving away. It was in my foreground of the shot, like right in front of me, like a foot or two. And it was leaving like in a vanishing kind of line going away from me towards like the horizon in the, in the frame. And, uh, there was still like some exposed parts, obviously where the ice, like the sheet of ice was on top of the water. But like I used that polarizer that I had on to, um, pretty much make it much more less obscured. That way that it looked like the water was still clear. So, and it, the effect looked a lot better than if I didn't use them otherwise. So, yeah. But I pretty much use a polarizer nice. anywhere and everywhere, as I've said before. Because yeah. I just find them so, like, in integral and essential for what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely helps as well on those barren woodlands a little bit. Kind of cut off that sheen of the bare, uh, like, leaves and or bare twigs so branches <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah um do you, what do you do about like clothing is there anything special um, you do so i always try to wear a hat um because even if you don't think you need it it really just warms you up as long as you keep those like ears protected um and that's where the majority of the like the warmth you feel like comes from like your head so make sure you've got a good hat. Um, I'm pretty bad on gloves. Um, pretty soon I'm planning to get like dedicated photography gloves. But as of now, uh, I just wear like normal, like heavy duty, like winter gloves. Uh, I just have to take them off when I use my camera, <laughs> unfortunately, because I have like a touch screen. Um, so I, I could improve on that. Um, but I'm always wearing usually like a sweatshirt underneath and then like um, a pretty nice like jacket over it. Uh, I don't like that jacket for wildlife though. It's like a bright blue. So I try to strip down a little bit for wildlife, uh, get some darker colored clothing on. Uh, and then I have my standard hiking boots, which are waterproof and keep out heat quite a bit. Um, and then I wear wool socks usually. So <laughs> that is my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, pretty much same here. Um, I just recommend for anyone that's like, and this is stuff that I had to learn over time in like my own lessons and stuff. But um, I would recommend, yeah, dressing in layers. Um, pretty much, I would not wear any cotton. Is try not to whatsoever because that attracts the cold sweat and it just kind of clings to your body. It's just terrible like that. Um, so I, I would forego any of that type of material and clothing. Um, and I would recommend something that's like a base layer. I'm going to get real technical here, but just allow me to geek out for a second. So <laughs> I'd recommend a base layer, something that's really like tight or form fitting shirt, like a polyester or merino wool, short sleeve or long sleeve, depends on what you want. Um, and that'll cling most of the warmth to you. Um, and then like a mid layer would be like, what I do is typically like a fleece jacket, something that's just like a half zippered, something that's really light, but like still keeps, retains the warmth and it won't make you sweat like way too much. Um, and then your outer shell or outer layer is uh, something that you can dress down and uh, strip off like a down jacket, something that's just, it, it adds like an extra layer of warmth, but like you don't necessarily need it if you start, you know, accumulating warmth and sweat and stuff like that. Um, so that, that's something you can easily pack into maybe your camera bag. Um, if you so choose, or if the, you know, the temperature warms up. Um, and that's pretty much the name of the game with like layers. You just have to approach clothing, I guess, in the winter like that, um, especially outdoors and hiking and to shed layers as appropriate all the while while still retaining, retaining the warmth. Um, and then from there, I just I put on some like long johns or something for my pants and then my regular kind of hiking pants um, that you know, just work out pretty well. And then sturdy boots, pretty much the same as you, I'll do like wool socks. They're like a heavier like weight or thickness. Um, and for those really icy conditions, depending on what you're going after, I would even recommend those like clip clip on like snowshoe tracks um, that you can pretty much put it like crampons that you can put on any of your boots or whatever. Um, and I would even recommend maybe some like leg gaiters if you're worried about like slush and wet, like wet melting snow getting into your like boots and socks. I would recommend they're called gaiters. Um, and I have some long and short pairs that I wear every once in a while. I don't, I don't wear them too much, honestly. Um, cause you could always tuck in like your pants into your socks and all that. And then for like the really, really cold temps, like single digits and below, um, I recommend something like a neck buff or a scarf or something that like can wrap around your neck and your kind of be like a face mask almost. Um, and then of course, yeah, I mean, it, it can double during these times as well. So yeah, nice protection from the virus. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I have one that like wraps around my entire like face. It pretty much is like a ski mask. So it has like eye slits and a nose heart and like a ventilated uh, mouth, but yeah, good idea there. Um, and then, yeah, just like a beanie, I'll do like a skull beanie. So it's something that's really like a lightweight wool material. And then usually like a heavier, like acrylics, uh, kind of beanie or, you know, hat. And those are pretty much it. So, yeah, for the most part, just dress in layers. Um, I even recently started using like fingered or not really fingerless gloves, but like ones with those like flip, like index and thumb, um, I don't know what you call them openings, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. And those are great for what we do, of course, because you can just flip it off, I guess. So it exposes your the tips of your fingers and your thumb or whatever, um, several of your digits. And you can you know take that shutter button and all that. And those work out pretty well um, while, of course, still retaining the warmth. Um, and those are great for photographers. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it. Um, it, sounds, it sounds really complicated, but really once you kind of like, you know, buy some gear or stuff, like REI is one of my favorites or any kind of urban outfitters, outdoorsy kind of place has some great like sales and stuff to get this kind of clothing and equipment or thrift stores or where I get a lot of my clothing at. So they actually have some good deals. Um, and then just being smart and just knowing the kind of like the system and layout of how to, I guess, dress yourself. And if you do all these things, I'm not saying this is like foolproof, 
what I just said, but like, this is what I do. And honestly, it makes being out in winter so much more comfortable. Like I could be out all day in this kind of, you know, suit or get up and it, it works out real well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very in depth. You should <laughs> consider making a video about that or something. That'd be a good video. Yeah. That's um, an idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those, those gators, are they like, put them like on your feet or are they like pants or I'm a little bit confused. They're yeah. They're kind of like, they're kind of like an out. Um, how do I explain this? An outerwear sock. <laughs> Let me explain. So it's like you, you put them on like the outside of everything. So like you wrap them around the end, the, the bottom of your boot or your footwear, what have you. And then you, it like cinches at the top. Usually they're ones that make like for ankle height and there's knee height. Um, I happen to have two pairs of them that you know, fill the same job. Or not for the same job, but like both of those, um, one for each. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of keeps, cause you know, like the opening where your sock is and stuff, like, I guess wetness can fall in, you know, just snow and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that could be no fun. Of course, wet socks are terrible, all, all things considered, but like the gators help block that and they get like the grime just gets on that instead of like your pants and getting you more likely wet. It's like another layer, I guess, on the, like the bottom of your ankles and your legs in general. Cool. So that's only a lot of hikers use. Um, and I, I just find them nice. I don't, like I said, use them much, but like they are, they're pretty nice and depending on like the conditions, this is kind of like a very, this is a very specific scenario, but let me just paint the picture here. Um, why don't we, but, um, like if you're like in a woodland after a fresh snowfall and like when the tree branches are lined with snow on top, of course, and you're moving, you're ducking around and your bag is like hitting the tree branches and there's like snow falling on your bag. Um, that in of itself usually is okay as long as you know everything's well zippered and closed. Um, pack cover or not, I don't know, I don't think it really matters. But like, if you like take off that said bag and you unzip the bags, just make sure all the snow's brushed off or at least out of the way, so that way it doesn't fall into the, the you know the camera bag and just get all over everything and melts, and that can get kind Ooh, of gross. Yeah, it's just like I said, it's a very specific scenario, but like it's something I've kind of been mindful about because snow just kind of just you know rests on your top of your bag. When you're finding a place to put your bag down, even if it's fairly waterproof, try to just find a spot that's doesn't have any ice, maybe uh, maybe a bit of a clearing, um, and also try not to put it under a tree that could have like snow fall down onto the bag. Yeah, I, I had that mm-hmm. problem. That's make sure it's kind of out of the way of trees with snow on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the worst danger you can get into. But yeah, mm-hmm. so. So is there anything else? And icicles to add? too. Oh, icicles, icicles too. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a harm to you and your camera. So. <laughs> From the right height, that could kill. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. Eh. Let's not find that out. Oh, shall we? yeah. No, it has killed people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the really yes. big ones, though. Yeah, if they really drop from if like you, several I mean, stories. If you're if you're looking at an icicle, they can go right through your eye and go right to your brain. Oh gosh. Uh, it's happened. It happens to a lot of little kids. They, so if you go to your local gorge or anywhere there's a rock out, you know, outcropping or overhang, yeah, just be careful. But yeah, enjoy it from a distance. That's why we have cameras. And sometimes also heavy snow uh, can like degrade tree branches, so they can have pretty heavy oh, branches yeah. if there if there's enough snow, they can fall. So be careful of that as well. Or just really really cold temperatures can snap twigs and like yes. full on trees. Probably not the biggest trees, but like smaller trees can easily snap. Or just fall over from the cold and wind, of course. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to add, Henry? 
Uh, I don't I don't think so. I'd just say um, winter is definitely a very creative season and mm-hmm. make the most of it. Yeah, it's definitely a time to have fun with um, and, of course, do safely. But that goes for all seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, so, announcements? Uh, or? <laughs> well, one thing. Um, I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm working on, like, a new series for my YouTube channel. Um, I'm not quite ready to announce it yet, but um, that'll be coming soon. So, Yeah. Okay. What about you? Sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very vague, but yeah, I'm eager to see what you come up with. Can you give us a little hint? It's going to be like more cinematic. Is it editing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Jeez, man. Okay. You have me interested, so to at least. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, um, so uh, recently I did some voiceover for the freelance video project. So I went to like their little headquarters office and just for like an early morning um, and I had two speakers. It was supposed to be three, but it came out to be two of them showed up. Uh, and so I just, I like plopped down my little audio. I have like one of those handy um, four stereo, four track stereo, like recorders. So handheld one. And I just placed it on the table and had them read from this like script. And they did like a couple takes and called it a day. But um, I still need to edit the video together. Right now we're trying to clear like a license for some music to like use and make sure everything's all within legality reasons. But um, I'm going to be really excited to work on that video. It's only a three-minute project, um, but I probably will be uploading it to my YouTube channel. Um, obviously, it's for the client awesome. first and foremost, but like I definitely want to use that as like a portfolio piece. And um, I think it would, I'm planning on making it very cinematic too, where it's going to be very. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. Is I this, guess so. I got all the footage. Is this with, with me, the uh, like so wetlands organization you're working with? Cool. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the ongoing. I guess, I guess you call it freelance. I don't know what else you call it. Just working with them on and off for different events. And um, this is probably the most involved project yet. Um, so but yeah, I'm really excited to do a video. I mean, I never thought a couple of years ago I'd be shooting a video for someone, <clears throat> excuse me, and getting paid for it. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and speaking of more video work, I've been, I've just been shooting more and more video lately. Um, it's And not really in a, like a uh, forceful way, but just like, I've just been really on this kind of, I guess creative high or just motivation to do video with photography. So um, I've been, as everyone, I hope everyone knows by now, the five of you, uh, I've been doing lots of on location videos and um, I've been uploading so far on a pretty consistent basis about once a week. And um, I'm going to try to get out two videos a week. It's not going to be like a very like rigid schedule, but like so far it seems like I can kind of hack it, I think pretty well. So an in the field video and then something indoors or something else unrelated to that. Um, and other than that, I've just been making blog posts. Um, I, I released one recently about some essays. So just like little journaling, nature writing things I did while out in the field uh, a couple times last year. And those were fun to make. So I just cool. compiled them into like a little blog post. Yeah. Those, uh, um, that's pretty much it. On location been busy, videos have been so, great. It's, it's been fun. Glad you're going back to the series. Really good. No, oh, thank you. I've been finding it's like an anchor for my motivation to get out. Like, cause I just get so excited about making a new one for each place. Um, so it's definitely become this kind of, uh, natural thing in what I do, I guess. So yeah, they've been fun. Looking forward to more episodes. Oh yeah. I'm looking Thank forward you. to this series. Yes. Um, I hope just kind we'll of a one more thing with that. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to move away from gear videos in this channel. Cause honestly, as much as I love gear, ugh, voice cracks, 
as much as I love gear, uh, they're really boring to make. I'm going to be honest, like it's hard to get motivated. So I feel like <laughs> I'm just trying to like integrate more video yeah. into like going out. Like I'm not talking vlogging, but just kind of trying to in- integrate more like dynamic video into like my workflow when I go in the field. So yeah, yeah right. it's mostly it's mostly going to be B-roll. B-roll. Um, That's what you're going I, for. I haven't yeah. figured out everything yet, but um, kind of like a, not really a vlog, but just kind of a documentation of like the photo session. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, it's different from your on location, um, but like a, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think I know what you're going for. I, I learned, a, I like, I guess it's a term recently. It's called mm-hmm. evergreen content. You ever heard of it? Yeah, it's it's like for SEO basically for anyone that doesn't know, and it just means like content that's always relevant, never goes out of date or out of style. Yeah. So I, yeah. I feel like that's what you're kind of going for, if I had to guess. Kind of stuff that's like timeless, which I've made a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. I think at least they're kind of like that. So yeah, gear gear stuff's very timely, obviously, and it's very like newsworthy, and it gets. I'm not putting you down, Henry, but it's like it does get clicks easily, and like it's very yeah. I- pertinent to a time but like i'm trying to do it's something always going to be like, like authentically relevant, I guess, like that makes sense my style you know because so many people do that kind of stuff i just want to do something that i yeah, create 100 percent, right. like not just getting news from like a website and then talking about mm-hmm. it mm. yeah definitely yeah i tried i tried a time or two the gear thing like just solely gear videos and like it's just not i don't know i'm not excited about it to talk about it people do it better than i do a lot better so I'm just never like, yay, time to talk about yeah. the camera I use. I mean, you know, at least in like a formal setting or something yeah. educational. All right. So, well, so anything else yeah. with your announcements? Or? <laughs> oh, okay. no. I well, think we talked far thank enough. Thank you guys now. for watching today. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.